0: I solemnly swear that I am up to no good. Hello, my fantastical people. This is Zane Calamander here, and welcome to My Potter Diary. This is an unofficial Harry Potter podcast where I talk about each chapter from each book. I will discuss favorite moments, quotes, important details, and just random Harry Potter-related topics. But before I get started, if you are new to the podcast, thank you so much for listening today. This podcast is available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, and other podcast services, including my other podcast called My Culture Mind with Shawnee Boy. So without further ado, let's get started with Potter Tales. So Potter Tales, for those who are new to the podcast, Potter Tales is where I discuss a certain Harry Potter related story that I really wanted to share before I get into the the main topic of today. So here it is. A few years ago, when I was 18, 19, me and a colleague of mine, we uh, we wanted to celebrate uh, Harry Potter, and we heard that there was a dance, uh, a, supposedly a dance, a ball, a holiday ball, at The Grove uh, at Los Angeles. So The Grove is basically a shopping area where people could... Um, There's a lot of like, you know, uh, it's like a it's like a plaza sort of it's like a really bougie plaza in LA But anyways, there's a Barnes & Noble over there and they said that there's a holiday ball and a lot of people were down to go So a friend of mine, we want we went um, And we decided to we want to make sure we look all fancy and all that So we wore like suits and stuff a lot of people did wore their, you know, gowns and stuff. But the problem is, when we went there, and I'm really disappointed because when we went to the Barnes & Noble, it wasn't really a ball. It was, just an, it was just like a lot of Harry Potter stuff, like, you know, activities, but it wasn't really a ball. It's more of like, here are some boots and little fun activities for the kids, and it was sort of a disappointment, like, uh, I remember talking to a group of other people, they were disappointed that it wasn't really a dance, we really wanted to have, like, some sort of a dance, but that didn't really happen, so, um, the only cool thing about during that day was, at the grow it started to snow, quote-unquote snow, it's basically, um, it was like, I don't know. It was something that you're not supposed to swallow. I didn't swallow anything, but... It was just, like, that fake snow. Um, Universal, they had fake snow, but it was kind of like soap. I believe. I believe it was soap. But, um... But, like, uh, the snow that they had, the snow machine at the grove, was just, like, eh. It's kind of distracting. It wasn't as, like... uh, I guess you could say romantic in some way it was just very irritating, so it was a big disappointment that day, but that's why we have our Yule Ball at, at our school, which is, like, a lot more fun, so, yeah, if you are, if you're down to create a Harry Potter club on your campus, do it, you don't know who, who is a big fan, and you might start, start something special, so, so, yeah, all right, moving on to the Daily profit. So, the Daily Prophet is uh, a segment where I talk about some Harry Potter-related news that I wanted to share with y'all, and that's why I call it the Daily Prophet. So, according to uh, Cosmopolitan, uh, Maggie Smith, a.k.a. uh, Minerva McGonagall, and um, I forgot who she plays in Downtown Abbey, but she just recently uh, mentioned how she didn't really feel satisfied performing... Uh, McGonagall or in downtown Abbey as much as like she thought she would she and I can I can see where people take this the wrong way it's not like she didn't say like she hated being there like she wouldn't be in those movies if she didn't want to but like uh, either she was paid good or they you know she didn't mind doing it at all because you know However, she did say it wasn't really as satisfying as she thought she says like she is thankful for her time being there But it wasn't really a challenge for her where it it didn't make her feel like this is why she became an actress or you know why It didn't fulfill to her potential or like I guess there's like there's she, She didn't feel like her potential was fulfilled I, at least that's in my interpretation, and that's completely understandable, I think that there's a lot of actors in the movies, where, where they felt like, um, their potential wasn't, um, wasn't seen, or they didn't feel happy as much as they thought it would, they, I think they, they enjoyed, their, they enjoyed their time in Harry Potter, in the films, but there is something better out there that makes them feel like, oh, I'm an actor. This is what is pursuing me to become better. So that is why I, um, that's what my take is. I, Maggie Smith, she's a fantastic actress. And I think that for her to, um, to say this, it's understandable, really I don't think anybody should be mad I think and to be honest this kind of suits her style. <laughs> she has this um as, I would say she has this savagery this shade that she likes to give sometimes but it's not like it's not really shade per se she's just brutally br- brutally honest um, but I think she she has a class and charm. So, I I totally understand why Maggie Smith would say that, but, again, no matter what she says, she is a fantastic McGonagall, and we love her for that. Alright, moving on to the Spell of the Day. So, um, the Spell of the Day, it's actually a tracking spell, and this was seen when Newt Scamander was trying to search for Tina, for example, it's just like, you know, searching for tracks and stuff. So... The spell is, let me just uh, find it really quick. Uh, it is called, um, I'm trying to uh, pronounce this uh, correctly. Apere vesti- Vestigium, or whatever. I think that's like the best I could pronounce it. Apere Vestigium, and it's A P P A R E V E S S T E. Uh, Stigium. Again, so the description is reveals traces of magic, including footprints and track marks. I think that's really cool um, that they they have this type of thing, especially for Newt Scamander. I wish we saw this more in Harry Potter, uh, but now that we see it in the Fantastic Beasts movies, I think it's just awesome to see that. It is a it is a cool is a cool um um spell to see and i you know what because i'm still working on my book i i really wanted to add this sort of thing to my stories so you know just to find the bad guy or something like that so yeah i'll i'll definitely use this all right moving on to potter facts So I did find uh, a fact about the mirror of Ereseid. So here's a a small description of what it is. The happiest and most satisfied person in the world will look in in the mirror and see a reflection of them exactly as they were, for they would then have no one and nothing more to yearn or desire for that the mirror could ever show them. But of course, it is in string uh in strengths but it is inherent for human nature to desire something greater than one's own self meaning that an event wherein the mirror fails to carry out its intended purpose rarely if all happens so basically just to see your desires can be dangerous so so, I guess they, um, when they say, like, they have, when they said, like, the happiest and most satisfied person in the world will look in the mirror and see if a reflection of them exactly as they were. Because, you know, they succeed in life, so they don't have to, they'll finally see their reflection. But for Harry, um, again, we'll get into that later. At first, I did not understand. ...what it really does... ...um... ...like, you know, the most deepest... ...and desire... ...um... Uh, ...our deepest desires... I still don't get... ...I didn't understand... ...when Albus Dumbledore said, like, the happiest man... will ...would look into them... ...and see exactly what they were... ...it's basically, it'll come back to normal... ...in some way... ...because... ...you've already done so much... But, of course, for us, to only yearn for our only desires, it can be dangerous. Where we feel like if we deserve something, and the more we say we deserve something, it can be very dangerous. And it's not really a selfless thing, really. Um, I do have um, I, yeah. I think the point of this chapter is all about desires and um, how do we deal with it, so yeah. Alright, moving on to summary. So, here's the summary. I am talking about chapter 12 called The Mirror of Erised. Once again, this is the scholastic version of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Just to let y'all know, I do want other, you know, additions as well, but this is the one that I have. And, for Harry Potter, um... For this chapter, and here's the summary of it: It's around Christmas time, and Harry, Ron, and Hermione they're still searching for, you know, who is Nicholas Flamel and what his deal is, and and this leads to Harry, you know, searching the restricted section, uh, restricted section, and all that. So. So yeah, and then of course he uh, Harry eventually saw the uh, the mirror of Erised in the end. But that is not really the main meat of the ep- uh, of this uh, episode. But I will be talking about books versus movies. Books versus movies is where I find you know some certain things that stood out to me um, in regards to what is different in the books and the movies. So here it goes. One, we did see or mention that uh, the Weasleys would play pranks on Quirrell during the holidays. Um, that, of course, I wasn't seen in the movies, but um, we just get more glimpses of the Weasley twins in the books than in the movies. We didn't really understand who they were. We we knew that they play Quidditch, but but we did not really know them as pranksters. So. So that's why it was so awesome to uh, still see more glimpses of the Weasley twins. Also, what really made me, like, it really bugged me is Harry, Ron, and Hermione just admitted to Hagrid that they were searching up for Nicholas Femel in front of Hagrid. And this, of course, this made Hagrid more, um unease, really. And I'm like, why would you say that in front of, you know, Hagrid? Again, we didn't see that in the movie, but the fact that they admitted that in front of him, I don't think that's really smart. You kind of ruined y- his trust for y- you kids, but um, that's just what happened. Also, um, before the holidays, or, like, before Christmas time, or before Hermione left for the holidays, is that they actually went to the library and tried to get into the restricted section before, uh, but Madame Pince just showed up and, um, and, and said, what are you doing here? What are you, uh, why are you in the restricted section, or something like that? They... Uh, don't go in there or it's she's she's more like warning them to see and we didn't see that in the movies i think the difference is that we didn't see them go in the first time i think um when hermione said like you know we've looked a hundred when ron said we looked a hundred times not in the restricted section happy christmas and i'm like y'all looked at it before or at least they tried to but again they they mentioned in the books that you need a teacher's note in order to go to the restricted section and that wasn't really clarified in the movies i thought it was just some like why are these all these books there and it it seemed like a dungeon of some sort especially in the movies where it's all creepy and, and stuff but yeah, you do need a note from a teacher so that you can check out a book from the restricted section. And it does look creepy in the movies, And but who knows. Alright, now moving on to Christmas time. One of the things that we did not see is Harry's gifts. We only saw him receiving the invisibility cloak. However, Harry did get other presents as well. One, Harry got a flute from Hagrid, and this flute was never seen. Well, it was seen in the movies. We did see Hagrid playing a flute, but that was supposed to be a gift to Harry. However, um, that flute actually plays an integral role in the books, but again, I'll probably uh, mention that uh, in the future episodes, I mean in the future episodes of this of this podcast but we did not see him have a flu at all also we did not get to see much of the christmas celebration in the movies we did not see harry you know celebrating and eating with the weasleys playing you know in the snow or and but there was one deleted scene though there was one deleted scene after when harry Went to the mirror of Eriset, and then he wants to come back. It was a deleted scene uh, from the first movie, and Harry was just staring at the fire. And Ron asked Harry, "Hey, do you want to play with chess? Do you want to meet Hagrid?" And then he then told Harry, "Hey, don't go back to that mirror. I think that's up to no good." It's the same thing in the book, but it was a deleted scene. So, yeah. also. Um, during the time when Harry saw the Mirror of airset, it wasn't just his parents. In the movies, we only saw his parents. In the books, we get to see his entire family, not just his, not just his, um, his parents alone. We did see his entire family, one with a either an uncle or grandpa that had like this his same knobby knees and all that. We did not, I I think it's understandable why we only got to get to see the parents, and I think that's also um, understandable for a movie. I think it's hard to fit a lot of people in one mirror. I just think that's actually, it's still, it's still funny how this, this book introduced a lot more. I remembered I had a toy where Harry gets to see, um, the Mirror of Arisa, and there's just a bunch of people, and I'm like, who are these people? I didn't know they, like, you know, it's not just his parents or whatnot, um, and he just shows the entire family. I think that's really cool, and I think, I think the chapter showed, um, like the, you know how, like, each chapter shows, like, an illustration? Um, hmm, let me look. Let me look really quickly. Ah, yes. So, we did see... It's a picture of Harry looking at a ton of people. It's not... It's not so clear. But y- you can tell that it's more than just, you know... You know, a pair of, you know, two people. So, there's a lot of people in there. And lastly, what... Um, after when Dumbledore... When Dumbledore uh, saw Harry with the Mirror of Eris said um, Harry asked Dumbledore, um, what does he see in the mirror, and Dumbledore says, woolen socks, because you can never have too many socks, so, yeah, all right, so, I'm gonna talk about some of my favorite quotes, and, and again, this is not, um, huge, like, you know, differences, it's just some things that I found, I, for this episode, I kind of just skimmed through, but these are some of the things that point, uh, uh, that stood out to me, but I do have some favorite quotes, and this one is actually from uh, page 200. Again, this is the Scholastic version of Harry Potter and Sorcerer's Stone, and um, <laughs> here's—I'm uh, just going to read like a like you know an excerpt from the book, and it says, "We received your message and enclosed your Christmas presents." <laughs> From Uncle Vernon and Aunt Petunia. Taped to the note was a 50 pence piece. I don't know how much is 50 pence, but I can tell it's pretty cheap. And then Harry said, that's friendly. Ron was fascinated by the 50 pence. Weird, he says. What a shape. This is money? You can keep it, said Harry, laughing at how pleased Ron was. Hagrid and my uncle... Okay, so this, it reminded me of, uh, Arthur Weasley, who is just so intrigued by muggle, my by muggle stuff, and, um, I, I do see, like, it's like a glimpse, a little glimpse of as to we know, uh, Arthur Weasley, which is his father, so yeah, and, of course, on, on page 207, we get to hear this quote, and it's basically the inscription, the inscription on, uh, on the mirror of Arisad, and it says, Erised stra er, um, eru oit ube kafru oit on wusi, and basically, if you, if it's backwards, or like, if it's like, um, if it, if it was said backwards, or if it was reflected, it would actually say, I show not your face, but your heart's desire, and I think that's one of, like, the important, I think this is, like, you know, a cool, you know, way of, like, like, making this language so weird, and yet you flip that around, because of the reflection, and I think that's really cool, ah, uh. But before I end it here, I wanted to talk about some of the significance of this chapter. One, this was Harry's first real Christmas. And um, again, Harry did not have a pleasant childhood. But the fact that. What I love about this first book is just the wonders of this world. Where Harry, we're like Harry, exploring this world together, you know, as, you know, with the main character. And like, oh, wow. Everything's so cool and so wonderful. But also, like, you know, just to, to celebrate your first Christmas, it, uh, like, you know, any, if you're 11 years old, and if you never had a legit Christmas, this was, you know, wonderful to see. Also, we uh, get to see the importance of how, how deep magic could be. For example... The happiest man on earth would look into the mirror of eris and look, you know, look exactly like himself as he is. I think it teaches us about how to be happy with ourselves, be humble of what we have. I don't think that as humans, we are technically not happy with the way we have. Like we try to, but there's always deep down in our hearts that we want something there's always that something and it's hard to remove all desires I, I think it's impossible to remove all desires you got to be trained on like you know not wanting anything you got to be like a minimalist or something like that uh but but this uh, but this chapter teaches us that we're not going to get have everything in life really Um, like, we won't be, we won't be so sure of when we're going to be totally satisfied. I think the mirror, I have a little mirror of Erised in my room. And every time I look in that mirror and I, I, I do seem happy, but there is always that something that I want. And hopefully for myself, I find satisfaction in my life be humble of what I have but I know that's not really true I uh, it is a work in progress I don't know when that time will come but hopefully I will make it someday or finally find what I'm looking for. So, yeah. All right, that is it for today. Thank you so much for listening. If you like this podcast, click follow on whatever podcast services you are listening to this to. Share this podcast to any Potterheads out there. And until next time, so long, my fantastical people. Mischief Managed.